Thanks for listening to Boundary Talk. We aim to bring you a roundup of the latest cricket action in less than 10 minutes and all before your morning commute. Before the timer stops ticking, let's get going. The timer has started. Um, another solo episode for me tonight, and I'm recording from my phone. I haven't got a microphone or anything. Uh, I left it at home because I'm actually overlooking the pitch at Chelmsford. Uh, I've spent the, the afternoon evening here in Essex, at Essex, Essex's home ground, uh, to watch the start of the Charlotte Edwards Cup 2023 campaign. Um, just me, like I said, Kieran can't be bothered, Ollie can't be bothered, George can't be bothered, but that's fine because I'm here and I have nine and a half minutes to talk you through. It was a very interesting start to the 2023 Charlotte Edwards Cup. So without further ado, let's get going. The timer is underway. Uh, so Sunrisers were playing host to, Sh- uh, to, to, to Charlotte. No, they were playing host to Central Sparks uh, in the first game. So Central Sparks were the beaten finalists last year and Sunrisers actually failed to even win a game so it was an interesting game first up and Sunrisers won the toss and they decided to insert the Central Sparks um, which actually looked like quite a decent decision um, sort of three and a half overs in Central Sparks are 24 for two the key wicket you'd say in England international Eve Jones had fallen bowled by Grace Scrivens and I have to say it wasn't the best wicket to go down. It wasn't as if Scriven's got one to turn a mile. Jones basically missed a straight one. And you know what happens when you miss a straight one, as I did in my club game on Sunday. But let's not talk about that. The floodlights have been turned off here. It's getting dark. I'm on the strict instructions to uh, lock the door behind me. I'm actually in the BBC radio studio. So that's interesting. But um, Eves Jones fell, as did Davina Perrin. And that brought Amy Jones to the crease. And what an innings she played. Uh, she basically dragged the Central Sparks to their first innings total of 137. The wicketkeeper batter hit a half century and it was well deserved. It was excellently executed. She looked, she just looked chanceless. I think that's the best way to put it. Similar to the way the Pajara batted when me and Ollie went to Worcester. She just didn't look like she was giving her wicket away. And she played excellently. Like I said, she she sort of tempered the innings perfectly. Uh, she, you know, people were falling all around her. So Erin uh, Burns, a star Australian, again, she's not going to be happy looking back at that one. She was stumped by Amara Carr, who was excellent behind the stumps. And that was Kelly Castle's delivery, who again, uh, she bowled excellently for her three wickets, um, as did Maddie Villiers. Um, so yeah, but back to Amy Jones, what a fluid... Excellent inning she was able to play. Uh, half century, got out for 51, the ball after she reached that mark, but nine boundaries. And, and like I said, you know, she was joined at the crease by one, two, six, five different partners, which just shows how, you know, it was a difficult pitch to bat on. I think the bowlers were bowling really well, but it's one of those where it, it was a kind of difficult patch to bat on. I know I've just contradicted myself. Yeah, it was a difficult pitch, but also it, it just reminded you to stay a bit switched on. I think that's the best way to say it. Um, and a few deliveries were bold. A few good deliveries did get wickets, but like I said, Scrivens wanted to get out Eve Jones. You know, the captain, uh, an influential figure of the Sparks lineup, wasn't the best delivery. So it's one of those where 
Jones batted watchfully. She batted with her head on. Um, as I don't know if the same can sort of be said for her partners. But anyway, that doesn't matter because she reached half century. And, and when I say she dragged, she dragged the Sparks to their 137. Um, the next top scorer was actually her namesake, Eve, with 15. So no one else in the team managed to surpass 15. Um, and I think that, again, is just testament to her innings. Um, you know, the usually dangerous Izzy Wong down the order was uh, tamed uh, by uh, Abtaha Maksud, who, again, we need to discuss her. She bowled excellently once again. For her final two overs, I have to specify that because she she struggled. I don't think it's uh, underestimation to say that she did struggle in her first over. It went for 13. Um, it was you know it wasn't tight or anything. She she wasn't really able to find any turn in that first over, but she was you know a strong decision by her captain Kelly Castle was entrusted once again to keep going and it reaped the rewards. Her ne- her final two overs went for just eight runs and included the wicket of Izzy Wong, I believe it was. She bowled Izzy Wong, uh, you know, an international superstar. So that was great for Maxud and um, yeah. It, the feeling in the press box, the interval, the, the innings change, that both sides were still in it. Um, I think there were positions where Sunrisers didn't take full advantage of the opportunities that they were afforded. Uh, they, I mean, opportunities that they created for themselves, let's be fair. They, they you know, Jones was just such a fawn in their side. Um, but saying that, you know, Jones was dismissed with the scores 100 for seven. 13 and a half overs you know you would kind of expect I don't know if this is me being quite harsh you know sort of the tail not to wag too much and um, sort of reduce that score you know 110 120 but you know fortunately for the Sparks their tail was able to wag somewhat um, and was able to add those additional 37 runs which were key I think when it when it comes down to it when we're going to discuss the other innings, it, it was key. Um, and I wrote in my match report that, you know, the Sunrisers' start to their innings was so key. You know, the uh, the, the Central Sparks press officer was in, in the in the box with us and, you know, he was just saying the important, you know, if they get 20 or 30 runs quickly for no, for no loss, then the onus is on them and the Sparks are going to struggle. But... They didn't need to because Grace Potts produced an excellent opening spell. Um, she went for just two off her first over, and that really sort of set the tone. Uh, Grace Scrivens uh, was out cheaply, only three runs, and she was actually out on the third over. She uh, hold out um, an easy catch for Katie George. So, you know that's it. Um, and Alex McLeod again. She she actually batted well. She she counterattacked in in a positive fashion. Uh, she, you know, Katie George, I think, came on for the fourth over, and that was an expensive one. That, you know, there was a sense there that she potentially could have, that the 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 onus very much at that time was with the Sparks. You know, they'd bowled excellently, they'd wicket down. Um, you know, the the chase was going to be really difficult, but actually, George's over that went for thirteen and included back to back boundaries for McLeod. Um, well, up to the fifth ball, let's say, because, uh, you know, that really sort of, in a way, did shift the tone somewhat towards Sunrisers. But McLeod was unable to see out the over and actually fell to George with the final ball 
an easy catch for Amy Jones, um, which essentially, you know, that the initiative was was back with the with the Sparks. Uh, Cordelia Griffith, number three. This seemed to be a game of number threes because, as I say, Amy Jones batting at number three for the Sparks was the highlight by far. As was, uh, as was Cordelia Griffith. Uh, she batted not as quickly as Amy Jones, but basically when, you know, with the score at 25 for two, you know, the game's far from done. You, if you can have a few players sort of just stick around and, and put on a bit of a stand, then, you know, any result is possible. And that's exactly what she did. She batted really well. It wasn't fancy. It wasn't flashy. It was, it was watchful. It was, it was required at that time. Um, you know, she was able to put on a bit of a stand with Amara Carr, who again kept the score ticking over. But the problem with the Sunrisers' innings is they just weren't scoring quick enough. And I know I again kind of contradicted myself there. But what I mean by that is, basically, they they were eight, they should have seen out the first ten overs, you know, which they did to a good extent. And then that's when they needed to essentially get a move on, uh, which unfortunately they were sort of unable to do. Uh, Cordelia Griffith played the anchor role really well but she needed someone at the other end to sort of stand up and be counted unfortunately that wasn't the case their middle to lower order scores of 3, 4, 9, 4, 2, 3 uh, and a naught um, golden duck for Maxu so basically that means that the game the game basically petered out um, it was a great there was a there was a point where it was evenly in the balance but especially when Griffith fell you know she fell trying to trying to go trying to go hard go quicker trying to tick the runs off but unfortunately that just wasn't the case in the end and um, essentially uh, yeah unfortunately well unfortunately for the Sunrisers fortunately for the, the Sparks that was the a win and that's all we got time for so thank you so much for listening to this episode of Boundary Talk